0: Welcome to the monthly View from the Edge for March of 2022. I'm Fritz Foltz, the Chief Investment Strategist here at 3Edge, and I'm joined here once again today by Eric Beagleisen, Director of Investment Research and Deputy Chief Investment Officer here at 3Edge Asset Management. As we do at the beginning of each month, Eric and I will provide our firm's most recent outlook for the global capital markets, which is based on our proprietary research model have a great deal to cover today. So let's get started. And as our listeners know, during these monthly View from the Edge videos, Eric and I describe what may have changed since the prior month. And last month, on February 24th, when Russia invaded Ukraine, everything seemed to change. As the war in Ukraine enters its third week, I think that a quote from Lynn Alden actually sums up the current situation well. She states, People who seem sure of how this situation in Ukraine will turn out are probably the least informed, while people who understand the commodity dynamics and other details are understandably less sure. This situation is very complex. In some respects, Russia's invasion of Ukraine has really just served to exacerbate several major issues that were already in place prior to February 24th. These include surging commodity prices, particularly in energy and food. The war in Ukraine, combined with Russia's role as a supplier of oil and gas, has pushed the price of oil up to over $100 a barrel. And prices of agricultural commodities have also increased, since Ukraine is a major supplier of wheat to the world. In addition, this past week, inflation in February surged to a new 40-year high in the U.S., at 7.9%, and it could move even higher in the coming months. The war in Ukraine has also made the Fed's job of seeking to normalize monetary policy and raise short-term interest rates all the more difficult, since it increases the risk that, by tightening monetary policy to combat inflation, the Fed could tip the U.S. economy into a recession. And now, more than ever, when it comes to monetary policy, It certainly does seem that the Fed is stuck between a rock and a hard place, and perhaps most likely wishing that they had acted sooner to begin to normalize monetary policy. Since the U.S. and its allies have thus far committed to not send troops or engage militarily in the conflict, they have instead weaponized global trade and finance by imposing wide-ranging sanctions against Russia. However, the problem with sanctions is that they inflict pain not only on Russia, but throughout the global economy, particularly in the energy sector. And finally, perhaps the most significant risk of the war between Russia and Ukraine is the increased risk of the global economy slipping into a period of stagflation, an environment where inflation rises while the economy slows. No doubt one first order effect that we have already seen is an immediate and dramatic increase in market volatility. So now that we've set levels here, let's bring Eric into the conversation and let's take a look at what our three edge model research is indicating in the early days of March. So Eric, why don't we begin here today by looking at our three edge asset class matrix, uh, the chart and see how things may have changed since last month. Sure. Thanks, for its. Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on in the world, as you noted.
1: And similarly, we are seeing our outlook adjust accordingly. You can see from the chart here, the U.S. is showing uh, uh, no, no change. But as we've mentioned previously, there's more under the hood here, and we'll discuss that. Uh, Europe and China move to the most negative spot, while developed Asia hangs in at that slightly negative spot. And India moves down to a mixed outlook. So it's just worth noting here just from the equity perspective, you know, the equities that we model, that is uh, nothing has a positive outlook here, um, which is not a frequent occurrence. So that's something to take note of. Other notable areas are in real assets where we see commodities remaining in the somewhat positive spot while gold is bumped up to that most positive position. And I think we'll dive into details as we as we go forward. Excellent. Great. So
0: let's uh, let's. Do that. Let's dive in. Let's take a closer look uh, and see what our model research is indicating. And why don't we begin with the equity asset classes and let's start with U.S. equities?
1: Sure. Well, you know, as you mentioned, Fritz, Russia's invasion of Ukraine has dominated the news and the global capital markets and helped push U.S. equity indices into correction territory, that is, being down over 10% just by the end of February. The war has made the already elevated inflationary pressures in the U.S. and globally, quite frankly, uh, particularly in, in, in energy, you know, that is oil and gas and, and food sectors. In addition, we're seeing widening credit spreads and negative investor psychology as we measure it, which could put further downward pressure on the U.S. equity market, a vicious cycle where selling begets selling. Though after such a steep decline over the past few weeks, there's also a chance for a snapback rally to which we need to be mindful of. Uh, and with inflation at levels not seen for decades, the Fed is expected to raise short-term interest rates during the upcoming FOMC meeting, which concludes on March 16th. You know, so all of this taken together, we continue to favor these value-oriented and/or higher quality names in the US over the growth and technology place, hence that mixed outlook for U.S. equities.
0: Very good. All right, well, let's stick with the equity asset classes and let's look XUS us developed markets. So that would include both Europe and Japan.
1: Yeah. Well, the conflict between Russia and Ukraine has once again brought war to Europe uh, and adds to an already elevated inflationary pressure that we've mentioned. You know, this directly threatens Europe's energy supplies. And so our research has picked up on this and is suggestive of an even more negative outlook for European equities. Now that said. The potential remains for a short-term rebound from an oversold condition, which we're very near. Uh, additionally, European equities are now in a rarer territory with regard to their level of undervaluation at this point. So the potential to get reinvested remains near term. You know, With regard to Japan, it too is not immune from rising prices either, and we're seeing credit spreads continuing to widen there as well. Uh, and similarly, investor psychology is playing a negative role So, while the overall model outlook for Japanese equities is negative, like in the case of European equities, there is the potential for a short-term rebound from an oversold condition. So, we'll be watching those, uh, what are very critical inflection points in the model.
0: Very good. Uh, Let's wrap up, look at equity markets by looking into the emerging uh, equity markets. So, that would be both India and China. What are we seeing there?
1: Yeah, like It sounds like a broken record, but like most equity markets, India, too, is a victim of the war in Ukraine. Uh, Several economic factors are still quite favorable on Indian equities. Uh, Investor psychology measures, though, are casting doubt in the near term. More importantly, though, uh, concerns over spiking commodity prices may challenge Indian equities in the intermediate uh, term as well, um, since India relies to such a large extent on imported oil. So, the outlook for India is neutral, though it remains near an inflection point and could be poised for a rebound should energy prices stabilize. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as seen in other regions, widening high-yield credit spreads alongside negative investor psychology just continues to weigh on the outlook for Chinese equities, which is pushing that to be even more negative.
0: Excellent. So let's switch gears, look at the bond market, and let's see what our model research is indicating for both u s. treasuries and for corporate bonds?
1: Yeah, well, we saw the 10-year at around 2% just before the invasion began, uh, and it double-touched a low of about 1.7%, and it's back up to 2%. So, But what's interesting about that interest rate move, though, is that we're actually seeing a decoupling of real yields and nominal yields. Uh, over that same timeframe, we saw real yields started around minus 50 basis points or minus 0.5% reaching a low of nearly minus 110 basis points and settling back in only to minus 90. So net negative for, for real yields. In any event, the inflationary pressures we've been speaking about alongside these even more negative real interest rates just continues to pose a threat to the income earned from owning bonds. And at the same time, and we previously noted this, that rising interest rates weigh on the value of bond holdings through price depreciation. So, you know, our research just continues to favor, uh, you know, being away from nominal uh, bonds and more into the inflation protected uh, area of the treasury market, so-called TIPS uh, of varying maturities, um, as well as U.S. Treasury floating rate securities, which typically perform well in an inflationary and a rising rate environment. Uh, the outlook for credit continues to remain negative uh, as well as yields, you know, remain well below the rate of inflation, Uh, And the risk of continued credit spread widening that we've noted pretty much globally would most likely reduce the principal value of corporate debt.
0: Excellent. So we'll shift gears now and look at the real asset market, and that's commodities and gold. And you know, obviously, those are two asset classes that have performed very well this far in 2022 and maybe even gotten a bit ahead of themselves at this point. But why don't we start with gold, which has clearly benefited from its status as both a haven asset and an inflation hedge. What are we seeing there?
1: Yeah, gold's up five uh, percent through plus through the end of February, and on March eighth, reached an all-time high at over two thousand and fifty dollars per ounce. Which, for an asset that's you know been around for thousands of years of history, he, reaching an all-time high is 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 you know that's a significant event. Um, you know Ro- Russia's unprovoked war with Ukraine has heightened geopolitical uncertainty, no doubt, and gold has benefited from its status as a safe haven asset. Uh, Investors have increased their outlook for inflation expectations, as I just noted, with real yields declining, and that also directly benefits gold. So gold remains attractive in the intermediate and longer term uh, as these inflationary pressures continue to build. And more importantly, while the Fed's response to addressing inflationary pressures has been particularly slow, and likely behind the curve. So the outlook is even more favorable for gold.
0: Right. And even something that you brought up a bunch of times, which I think is also interesting, is the idea of just how far the Fed will even be able to raise interest rates, right? I mean, they're going to have to pull back and that could also benefit gold. Anyway, let's look at commodities, Uh, you know, and they've basically outperformed everything, you know, thus far in 2022, and by a good amount, too. Um, You know, obviously demonstrating their capacity to increase in value during periods of geopolitical uh, uncertainty, um, which, as we know, those are times that can be difficult for the equity markets. Anyway, what is the model seeing in terms of uh, commodities uh, at this point?
1: Yeah, commodities like gold have benefited from the upward price pressures on energy and food as a result of the war. As well as from declining real rate, real rates that we've discussed, so the outlook for commodities remains positive, but highly sensitive to changing conditions related to the next steps in the war. So we are seeing some concerns regarding an overbought condition, like as you as you noted, perhaps commodities have gotten a bit ahead of themselves and, and ripe for some profit taking, you know, given this tremendous price appreciation that we've seen already, but still favorable. Yeah,
0: excellent. All right, great. All right, Eric, that's good. That takes us through. Uh, the various asset classes. Thank you for the update, uh, particularly during, you know, a period of heightened geopolitical uncertainty and just uncertainty uh, in general. So very helpful. Thank you very much. And that will do it for Eric and me. We'll be back again in early April with the next edition of the 3Edge Week in Review. And if you'd like a printable copy of the full 3Edge View from the Edge for March... Uh, in a newsletter form, you'll find that uh, on our website at 3 In addition, all of our other video content is always available on our 3Edge YouTube channel. And so beha- on behalf of Eric and everyone here at 3Edge, thanks for listening. This commentary and analysis is intended for information purposes only. The commentary does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities. The opinions expressed in view from the edge are those of Mr. Foltz and Mr. Beagleisen and are subject to change without notice in reaction to shifting market conditions. It is not intended to provide personal investment advice and does not take into account the unique investment objectives and financial situation of the listener. Investors should only seek investment advice from their individual financial advisor. The observations included here contain information from sources that 3Edge believes to be reliable, but the accuracy of such information cannot be guaranteed. Investments, including common stocks, fixed income, commodities, and ETFs all involve a risk of loss that investors should be prepared to bear.